good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. And our top story today, ask these questions before opening up a credit card in 2023. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Ted Rossman is an analyst with Bankrate.com and CreditCard.com. Well, Ted, Happy New Year. Great to see you again. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Happy New Year. Yes, thanks for having me. Well, New Year brings some new challenges for everybody. We've got interest rates that have creeped up. We have got inflation that's creeped up. Before we talk about selecting that credit card, I want to ask you just in general, we closed out 2022. Here we are just at the beginning of 2023. How do we do with credit card issuances? Is it up or is personal debt up as well? 2022 was a record year for credit card originations, according to Equifax. Credit card debt was also way up. The New York Fed reports that from Q3 of 2021 to Q3 of 2022, credit card balances rose 15%. And they're just a tiny tick below the all-time record, which was set just prior to the pandemic. So to be honest, it was kind of a Goldilocks year for credit card issuers because they didn't have to be overly aggressive with signup bonuses, and yet people were signing up anyway. And there were a lot of profitable cardholders because they were carrying expensive balances. From a consumer standpoint, though, it does worry me to see debt going up so sharply. We definitely want to make debt pay off a priority in the new year. Yeah. And let's talk about that before we go to some tips about opening that credit card, which is very important. There are some things that, look, I just opened up a credit card recently that I didn't know and I wish I had known. But let's talk about that, um, that credit card debt, uh, student loan debt other types of debt, it, it has just really piled on the consumer. And with rising interest rates, that doesn't bode well because that for the consumer, because they may pay more in principle, but also in interest on these credit cards. You mentioned it, it makes you nervous. How about, cons- how about um, retailers? Are they nervous about the ebb in consumer spending potentially? You're right. Inflation and higher rates are definitely a tough combination. On the positive side, So far, so good in terms of delinquencies remaining low, the debt to income ratio remaining low. There are some worries, though. Will that last? I think there's a cumulative effect to month after month of higher prices, higher rates. I think we saw it in the holiday shopping season to the point about retailers. It seems like it was an okay season for retail. It seems like best guess sales were up something like six to 8%. That was the forecast from the National Retail Federation. It seems like it was probably on target more or less, but that's also more or less the inflation rate. So I think that's the big conundrum for both retailers and consumers that, yeah, we're spending more, but are we really getting more? I think that's the frustration on the consumer side. But from the retailer side, I mean, yeah, even if their sales were up six or 7%, if their rent was also up and their staff costs were up and you know they have this excess inventory, and uh, these are all things that are kind of holding them back as well. I think we saw a pretty discerning shopper during the holiday season. People were buying, but they were also seeking discounts pretty aggressively. Yeah, well, I, considering what's going on with gas prices, food prices, et cetera, I, I can understand why, why we all are looking for some discounts. All right, Ted, let's talk about um, the credit card app. And I want to start with timing. Why is it important for us when we're applying for a new credit card, uh, whether you have no debt, you do have debt, you have the best credit score, you don't have the best credit score. Why is timing so important? 
It's important for your credit score, probably first and foremost, because you don't want to accumulate too many applications in a short window. We generally talk about trying to keep these applications or hard inquiries as they show up on the credit report, trying to keep those at five or fewer in a two-year span. And that's not just credit cards, that's other forms of credit as well. So especially if you're in the market for a house, you really don't wanna mess with your credit profile when you're in the throes of mortgage shopping. Um, but even something like a car loan or home equity line of credit or, or any type of credit, you don't wanna apply for too much in short order because it makes you look like a risky, potentially desperate borrower. And, and you said, um... Let me ask you, how long do these credit, I think they're called hard inquiries, right? So they, they're not soft in the sense that they just pull the credit report and say, what do you got? They're hard and that they show up. How long do these inquiries stay on your account? They stay on the report for two years. The impact is most pronounced in that first year. Mm -hmm. It does potentially look risky to a lender if you're applying for a whole bunch of credit all at once. It also lowers the average age of your accounts and it adds a newly opened account. All of these things are relatively short term relatively small impacts on your credit. The problem is if you stack up a whole bunch of them. So, you know, applying for one credit card every once in a while, yeah, maybe you temporarily lose five or 10 points, but you could very well gain those back after six months or so, because then hopefully you're paying on time and keeping your debt manageable. And there's actually good things that can accumulate over time. So usually a short-term ding, um, but don't overdo it. Yeah, really good advice. Ted, I need to uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about what you need to know before you open up that new credit card account in 2023. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We wanna make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? 
Then do what Terrence did and call Credit Repaired for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Ted Rossman of Bankrate.com and CreditCard.com. Well, Ted, thanks so much for sticking with us this morning. Really privileged to have you uh, stick around for segment number two. Thank you for having me. Yeah, new year, and that means a whole new uh, set of circumstances we need to work with. Um, let's talk about another suggestion, I think, um, from the, the piece that we're kind of referring to. Uh, looking at your financial and your debt ratio... That's important. I think you inferred a little bit about that in segment one, but let's talk in general. What do I need to know about my overall financial picture and my debt to equity ratio? There's a saying that credit cards are like power tools because they can be really useful <laughs> or they can be dangerous. And I think that really comes to mind here. There's a huge fork in the road as far as whether or not you carry a balance. And it's roughly half and half. If you're among the cardholders who are paying in full, avoiding interest, well, then that's great because you get all these amazing benefits. You get either cash back or airline miles or hotel points and better buyer protections and a lot of things that can really work for you. But then these high interest rates, the average is approaching 20%. That really works against you. So that's where I think the biggest consideration when it comes to applying for credit is Will you be carrying a balance? And if so, you've got to put that interest rate first. You could get a 0% balance transfer card for up to 21 months. And you take your existing high cost credit card debt, you consolidate it onto this new card with the 0% promo, that could actually save you a ton of money. That would be the card to open if you have debt. If you're debt free, then yeah, go for the cash back or airline miles or something fun. But don't pay 20% interest just to get one or two or even 5% in cash back. And, and what's important is that there's also a transfer fee, I believe. If you have, say you have $5,000 of debt, there's a fee that you pay. So it's not a, uh, you open that card and you transfer the balance. Even if it's 21, per, 21 months and you don't pay interest, there's something that you do pay. Because a credit card company is not going to offer that and keep debt on its balance sheet without getting something in return. You're right. There is some skin in the game. There is no truly free lunch. The transfer fee is usually three to five percent. I still think it could be well worth it if you're disciplined about paying the money back. I would say don't put any new purchases on the card. Just divide what you owe by the number of months in your zero percent term. Try to stick to that. Done right, it could save you a ton of money, even despite the fee. What I worry about is somebody who uses this as kind of a shell game, where they're just kind of moving money around, or they add to it and best intentions, but they don't really pay it off. Frankly, that's the marketing case here, is that these companies are banking on a lot of people not paying the full amount. And then not only did they collect the transfer fee, but then you convert into a 20% interest rate or something like that. And then you're highly profitable for them. But from a consumer standpoint, try to pay it all off within the allotted window. 
Uh, next question. Let's talk about those rewards. I think you intimated, you talked about this, but you really shouldn't go chasing rewards. Like if they're going to give you two free travel tickets, uh, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense to open up a new account just for those two airline tickets, maybe at all. Rewards are going to be the most useful if you're paying in full and avoiding interest. Think about maybe timing an application around a natural spending spike. So we just had the holidays. That would be one example. But maybe there's something more unique to you. Maybe you're planning a big trip or home renovation or something else on the horizon. That could actually be a time when spending that money that you would have spent anyway leads to great rewards because you often have to spend a few thousand dollars in the first few months to get that bonus. Think about whether you value cash back or travel. Think about your spending categories because different cards emphasize different categories. But first and foremost, any good reward strategy starts with paying in full and avoiding interest. Last question. There's been an evolution in the personalization of rewards. Any thoughts about that? I mean, it sounds like a good thing at its face, getting rewards for what you buy. So if you buy more gas, you get more gas rewards. If you buy more groceries, you get more grocery rewards. Is there a, a cause and effect there? Is that a good thing? Sounds like it is. I think it is. I think ultimately more choice is a good thing. It's funny because at first I was kind of skeptical of this trend that <laughs> we see cards that lean into sports or fitness or environmental causes. And, you know, at first I, I would say, to be honest, I didn't totally get it. I was like, well, why don't you just get 2% cash back on everything and then maybe donate that to a charity of your choice. What I've come to realize is that cards are very personal for people. And what you value may be different from what I value versus somebody watching this. I think ultimately it is to each their own. Travel's often the most lucrative, but it's also more complicated. And these days, who couldn't use more cash, right? I think a good starting point is maybe a 2% flat rate cash back card, like the Wells Fargo Active Cash or City Double Cash. But those are by no means the only options. I mean, if you spend a lot in a certain category and you really want to lean into groceries or dining or travel or you love those airline miles or hotel points or, you know, whatever it is, know yourself. I think that's a big part of this, too. Yeah, I'm looking for the licorice rewards card. So far, they haven't come up with that, but maybe, you know, it's a it's a niche. So maybe eventually it'll uh, become big enough. Ted, we're going to leave it there. Great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy New Year. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Me too. Thanks so much. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, then drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest security news and lifestyle wellness, finance, tech, so much more, and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archive, check out our latest content? We'll visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. 
tax audits, tax liens, wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The tax relief line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free.